Hello, this is Tim Connerson from the Connerson Thought Factory coming to you on Anchor, the most democratic podcasting platform in existence. This is going to be my last show of my first season. We're shaping the podcast up. We're getting all of the kinks out, all of the bugs out. And we're going to start seeking sponsors in the next season. And I am here, as I promised, on this Tuesday. I know I missed Saturday's show, but we are regulating our schedule. And I'm happy about that. I want to talk today about a docu-series that we're watching. It's called Atlanta's Missing and Murdered. And this is about children that were taken in Atlanta, late 1970s, early 1980s. And I remember hearing stories about this or hearing whispers about this story You know, some children were taken, but there never were a lot of details. I was young myself during the 1980s, and then when I got into college, I heard more about the story, but there never seemed to be any closure, any finality to it. So um, it's another one of those things in the black community that things just kind of come and fade. Um, I have called us the shrug your shoulders community. A lot of things come, we shrug our shoulders, and they go, and they're not dealt with. But I'm happy that HBO, is it HBO? HBO has put on this docuseries to deal with the missing children of Atlanta, and maybe that can give us some clue as to the missing children today. Because missing children is, go ahead, you can take it. Missing children is still a problem in our community. But uh, the docu-series is excellent. It it fires you up. It angers some people. It confuses you a little as to why and how the community allowed it. And uh, I've been discussing it. I'm here with my better half. She may chime in or may not, depending on how it goes. And um, because she's watched it and she's really doesn't understand how so many children were taken right under the community's nose. And I, and I guess we'll start there. So. They were snatching children in Atlanta, and I want to say they snatched about a dozen before it became a thing. And it kind of shows you the pain and suffering in the black community that 
we were in so much pain that we're paralyzed to respond to issues like this. Because in any other community, when one child is taken, the whole community is rallied and they go look for the child. Now, in the docuseries, they do say that they search for the children. Um, but it's not clear whether the police actually searched or not. Um, it's, it looks like the police really didn't care and the community relied on the police, which we found strange. And of course, this is a, a, a New Yorker speaking. So, you know, the South is a different culture, but in America, you know, black is black. So we wondered, like, why did they rely on the police? And in the docu in the docu series, some of the people in Atlanta say a lot of the Klansmen were police officers, and um, which we thought. And so again, we wondered, well, why rely on them? Why would you think that they would look for your children? Eventually, black people got up. They um, lobbied the mayor. They searched for some children. And eventually they even formed neighborhood associations and groups to try to protect the children. But it, it was kind of late in the game. Um, and when they did try to protect the children, there was a group who um, carried bats around to try to protect their children. And uh, so they were arrested because... They were carrying the, the weapons and they were confronting people that didn't belong in the neighborhood, didn't live in the neighborhood. They were basically doing what they should have been doing from the beginning, but they were arrested for it, which is another running theme in this, in this society. Um, whenever black people try to protect themselves, they are punished for it. So... There was that. We also had to deal with, and the docuseries brings us down. We're only three episodes in. I, I mentioned that, so it's not over. There are two more episodes to go. But so far, it, it's so good. I wanted to um, talk about it. There's a porno industry that was in Atlanta where they were using children for sex. And there were pedophiles living in the community. And I was a little confused as to how these pedophiles could just be living in the community and have access to our boys and no one else in the community were, were watching the pedophiles. It was a strange thing to me. I, I could not understand that part. And why the pedophiles weren't arrested? They actually interviewed a pedophile who said he, one of the boys that were, went missing, spent the night at his house, but then he didn't see him after that, and he doesn't know what happened to him. And so we couldn't understand why that man wasn't in prison. That was strange. Uh, and I can only guess that Late 1970s, 
we were so demoralized as a community that we just didn't care, didn't have any code of conduct, it didn't have much accountability, um, which is a is a thread that runs even up until today. And we may talk about more about today if we have time in the podcast. So the porno industry that were using children, a couple of men were arrested for that. So finally there was some results. But some of the pictures that they were showing, and they were only showing portions of the pictures that were taken from the criminals that were using children for sex, the pedophiles, the organized pedophiles that were creating pornography, a lot of the pictures were of white children. So the residents were saying, well, what happened to our black children? So we're still at a stalemate. And in episode three, the last episode that we saw, there was one black guy. They said he was really smart. He was a he was a manager, a music manager, and he went to a lot of talent shows and tried to get the children and tried to make create bands and tried to make a band famous. And they say that he killed. Two of the black men, but his his were men, adults. And so because he killed those two men, he probably killed all the rest of the boys. And again, this was strange. Because the person they accused was a little man. So they accused him of killing two other grown men. And the evidence against him was that he was driving on a bridge one night and police thought they heard a splash and so he must have thrown a body off the bridge because he was going he was driving on the bridge very slowly and they were saying well why would he do that that was strange behavior and as we know in this country strange behavior is enough to get you arrested so now we kind of stopped there and, and we're wondering, did this guy do it? Now, he claims he didn't kill anyone. And it seems as though they're putting all of the bodies on this one man. Now, I've seen that growing up in Brownsville. There was a whole situation or a whole reality where if you had a gun and it had bodies on it and you were caught with that gun, you were charged with everybody on that gun, whether you did it or not. And sometimes people would buy cheap guns from other people. Sometimes people would find guns in the gutter and keep them to use them. And so it was sort of a musical chairs or or I guess a hot potato sort of thing where if you got caught with it, you did all the time for all the bodies. And that was a way to close cases and, um, To make police work and police life simple. 
So we don't know if this situation with this individual who they have in prison now, or they had in prison as of episode three, we don't know if he is responsible for any of the deaths, just the two adults, or the children, or anything. But I think as far as law enforcement is concerned, the case is closed. And so we may have a situation where these children, whoever killed these children, will never be found, and we may never know what exactly happened to them. Now, so far in the documentary, they don't really explain everything that was done to the children, but they they do mention that their genitals were taken and sometimes put in their mouths. Now... That sounds like good old-fashioned lynching to me, as far as I understand history. But um, we still are not sure. And I think what we need to start doing is to clarify some things. Our community needs to, to bring clarity to our actions and clarity to what's happening in the community and clarity to what's happening outside of the community and how it affects us. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but I know that is something that we must do. And before I get off, I want to talk about what happens to missing children. And the theories are that Missing children are taken for sex. And this docuseries talks about that, that children are used and abused for sex or sex trafficking. And I don't think anyone would be shocked by that. Children are taken for parts, organs. The organ industry in the United States is an underground industry and it's very large. It's a billion dollar industry. And, well, globally, it's a billion-dollar industry. And um, there is a series on fusion where they talk about different things that are trafficked. And they do an episode on organs. And I would suggest that you look at that and find that episode. And, And it is... Amazing. Um, Children also produce human growth hormone, which can be used as an anti-aging as an anti-aging technique or as an anti-aging substance. And so we have to be careful with that. Our children may be used for that. And I think it may be time, again, for us to create some kind of group, some kind of community, activism around missing children, missing women. Um, Recently, the missing amount of missing women has been rising in the black community. And, And 
I don't think that we can just shrug our shoulders anymore with anything, especially after what we've been going through the last couple of months. Um, this pan this this pandemic, this crisis, I call it a social crisis, has forced powerful people to reshape how we do everything. And when you go back into society after this quarantine, nothing will be the same. And so why should we be the same? And um, we must learn to either take care of ourselves and each other, or we may perish. And I appreciate this series um, on Atlanta's missing, Atlanta's missing and murdered. Uh, it, it it did clarify certain things. It did go into a portion of history that I had not studied, and it did the work for me. So I I really do appreciate that. If you have time. Check it out. And do you want to say anything? No? Um, so my better half is silent. She doesn't want to speak in this one. But uh, maybe in the future. I'm and waiting it, for the end. <laughs> you're waiting for the end? Mm-hmm. Well, we're at the end. Of the show. Oh, you're waiting for the end of the show? Yes. Okay, so we'll do another one in, in my another podcast about the show when it's over and that'll be in season two of the podcast. And again, if anyone out there wants to become a sponsor, we will take sponsors. I'm looking for people and organizations. Now that I have my schedule set, now that we have um, topics and the world is a very interesting place. Things are going to become more interesting. There are going to be a lot of changes. And so people are going to need a space to deal with, to talk about, and to hear about how these changes will affect us all. And so I'm signing out. And again, this is Tim Connison, and I'm coming to you from Anchor, and I want to thank Anchor, the most democratic podcasting platform in existence, and I want to thank you for your time. And speaking of time, I will see you season two, episode one of the Condescent Thought Factory. I appreciate you. Be safe. Take care of your mind. Take care of your body. And again, like I say, take care of each other. Peace be unto you.